living a stress-free life. Is that possible? Is it possible? Come on now, let's be real. I mean, the, the, the world, there's pressures, there's all sorts of stuff going on in the world. And, and is it really possible to live a stress-free life? I believe it is possible because God says all things are possible to him to believe. Somebody say all things. So we're going to talk about living a stress-free life. And when I get finished today, Pastor Augustine is going to have this CD series available to you. I really want you to get it in your spirit. The ushers are going to be handing some things out to you. And I'm going to kind of wait till they get some things done before I can get into the message today. But I want to review a little bit. When we talked about living a stress-free life, we talked about three different things to start with. What is stress? We've already covered what stress is. We talked talked about the signs of stress. Say signs of stress. What the signs of stress are. We can find, we can look in our daily lives. There's certain things that begin to happen to us that we see the signs of stress on our life. Also, we begin to look at the cause of stress. What causes stress? How is it there? Why, why do we have to deal with this thing? Stress is bringing sickness and disease upon people's lives. Physically, people are being hurt by stress. We see doctors continually time and time and time again talking about the issues and the areas in your lives and saying, hey, you know what? It's, it's to do with stress. How do you get rid of stress? I mean, that's, that's what we need to be able to get to, the point where we can learn how to get rid of stress. So today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. What can you do about stress? We're going to talk about what can you do about stress. So we're going to talk about living a stress free life. The second thing we're going to talk a little bit today is how to avoid stress. Anybody want to know how to avoid stress? You're in the right place today. Amen. It's something that you can do to avoid stress. I think the the, praise, the, the video people are saying, I don't have your PowerPoint, Pastor. You haven't given that to me. So here it is. <laughs> I'm looking up, and they're looking at me, and they're going, oh, we don't have that. Here you go. Put that little thing on there and, and put that up, and, and we'll, be able to, we'll be able to connect it with your handout. Everybody got a handout? Anybody not have one? Lift your hand so the ushers can put one in. Got one here behind us. Anybody else? Got a few more? Robert, look around. We got one over here, a couple over here. There we go. Just lift your hand up so they can see you. Want to be able to give that give that to you today because these are some things that you're going to be able to take and really utilize today. We're going to talk about living a stress-free life today. I'm going to give today to you some practical ideas. I'm a pretty practical kind of guy. I want to give you some practical ideas of how to not only operate without stress, but to release stress. Anybody need to release stress? Pressure today needs to be released. When I thought about releasing stress or releasing pressure, there were a couple things as a guy came to my mind. Number one was a radiator of a car. Radiator of a car can get hot, and if you don't have the proper fluids in there, the temperature can rise, and there is a radiator cap. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? I don't know. I was 14 when I first found out about how dangerous a radiator cap was. You know, you just can't go over and... <laughs> 
and put your hand on it. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, I'll do that. You know, yeah, just loosen that cap right there. Okay, no problem. Ah! You know, and I find out it's hot. Then we got to find out you got to release the pressure of that radiator cap to start with, don't you? In order for you to be able to get to the fluid that's on the inside of the radiator. Another thing is a hot water tank. A hot water tank will have a pressure valve on it to where if it gets too high, it'll blow that pressure valve and then the, and it will release the water and release the pressure. So I'm going to really talk about some practical ways to be able to release the pressure and, I, and then I want to get us to the point where we eliminate it. So our goal, this is our goal. Say, this is my goal. Not only to manage stress, but then to eliminate it altogether. So those of you that are keeping some notes, that's the goal. I want you to fill that in. That word is to manage. We want you to learn, teach you how to begin to manage stress first. Then we want you to eliminate it. How many of you know you got to get it under control first before you can really eliminate it? Because you got to go to the first grade and then you get to the second grade. You got to get to the first grade in order to get to the second grade because a lot of times we want to go to the third or fourth or fifth grade, but we haven't learned what we needed to learn at the first, second, and third levels. Are you with me? Can I get an amen? amen. So we want to deal with this issue, and we, we've been dealing with it. And I personally have made a vow to work on living a stress-free life. Does that mean I don't do anything? No, it does not. Does it mean that I don't go to work? No, it does not. What it means is I'm willing to change my mind, change my heart, change whatever it takes within me and learn how to deal with it in a different way. See, stress or pressure is not the issue as much as you learn how to deal with it. We need to learn how to deal with conflict. Can you not have any conflict at all? No, there's going to be conflict in your life. And we have to learn how to deal with the conflict in our life. So let's take a look at this, all right? Sometimes it's clear. Um, let's go to James chapter 4. First, let's go to James chapter 4. So what do we do about stress? Let's look at here what we can do about stress. What we're going to do about stress is we're going to find out what causes stress in your life. That's number one. We're going to find out what causes stress in your life. Number two, we are going to look for ways to reduce the amount of stress in your life. How many of you today would say, I got a lot of stress in my life. Can I see your hand? Just look around. You're not by yourself. Okay. All right. That's good. We want to teach you or to basically how to reduce that stress in your life. So we're going to find out what's causing stress in your life. We're going to look at ways to reduce stress in your life. And we are going to learn healthy ways to relieve healthy ways to relieve stress or reduce its harmful effects. We know that stress can affect you and it can affect you harmfully. There are some positive things sometimes that stress releases endorphin glands that begin to start moving, that, that, that if you've got to finish a job or run a race or get to the end real quick, real quick, there are times where that stress or that pressure can get you to finish, you know, and finish very strong. But most of the, the effects are harmful of stress. So we're going to take a look at that. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 4. Let's look at verses 1 through 10. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? 
You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Hold up right there. He says, what's the source of quarrels? How many of you know quarrels can produce stress? You agree or you disagree? If you agree, say, I agree. agree. If you disagree, say, I disagree. Quarrels can cause stress. And he's talking, James is talking about to believers here. And and he's, he's talking about that there's a source of quarrels and conflict among you. And he says, is it not the pleasures that wage war? In other words, is it not your selfish nature that really wants to have its way that causes you to throw a fit? Is it really not your soulish nature that says, hey, I want what I want, and I want it when I want it. I I want, it's like Burger King, I want it my way, and I want it now. How many of you have been under stress when you pull through a drive-thru? You first of all, you need to determine on the drive-thru if they are fast food or not. If they're not fast food, then you get get it in your mind that you may pull in there and you may have to wait. Well, is it a fast food restaurant? Do they advertise a fast food restaurant? Maybe they don't advertise it, but you think because you've been to some other fast food restaurants and you got your meal in 28.6 seconds that you're expecting to get this deal in 28.6 seconds and it takes about three minutes and you're just going like this on a steering wheel. You're all white knuckled and you pull up and the lady opens the deal and says, "Uh, uh, how are you today? And you're going, I'm hungry. I'm under some stress, and I want it, and I want it now. i got to have it my way. Give it to me my way. And if you don't give it to me my way, open the window. Send it back through. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking about you. Turn to your other neighbor. I'm, I'm not talking about you. But when James was looking at this, he says, look at what happens. He says, you lust and, and you commit murder. You're envious and you, you can't obtain it. So there's a struggle that's taking place. You fight and you quarrel. He says, you don't have, you have not because you ask not. And he says, you know, you're, 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 just, you're just actually acting like a baby. Acting like someone who should be more mature than that. He says, you ask and you don't receive because you got the wrong motive when you ask. You got the wrong motive when you ask. Verse 4. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep, yet let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Can you advance that slide one more? Verse 7. Say verse 7. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. When I was a a young believer. I got a hold of the scripture, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist, just, brother, you just got to resist the devil and he will flee. Resi- you know, if you just would resist the devil, he would flee. 
Well, you don't understand, preacher. I'm trying to overcome drugs or alcohol or anger or bitterness or hatred or envy. No, no, you don't understand, young man. You, if you will just resist the devil, he will flee. That's wrong. What's the first word? Submit, therefore, to who? Everybody? I caught only that part of the scripture that says resist the devil and he will flee. I'm telling you, I was trying to resist him, but he wasn't going anywhere. Hello? So I'm trying to overcome some obstacles in my life and I'm running into the mountain and running into the mountain and running into the mountain and I'm saying, get back devil in the name of Jesus. Leave me alone. I'm resisting you. And I was not submitted to God. And he didn't go anywhere. Because you have to be submitted. Say that. Say, I have to be submitted. You have to be submitted. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to be submitted. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you got to be submitted. You got to be submitted to the things of God. He says, therefore, submit yourself to God. Then you can resist and he will. See, if you don't submit yourself to God first, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> I was resisting him in my own selfish, soulish nature. And he wasn't going anywhere because he says, I got you. I, like, I know what you like to do. I know where you like to go. I know that you like to say. I know the things that can push your buttons because I was not taking those things and submitting them to God. So when, if we're going to deal with stress, and we are going to deal with stress, you've got to realize where stress is coming from. Listen to this. Sometimes it's clear where stress is coming from. But sometimes, you know, you can't understand where it's coming from. You might have a major loss in your life. There might be a death of a loved one. There might be a baby on the way. There might be marriage issues that you're dealing with. You might be dealing with those things. But, but getting married can bring stress. You know, this, anybody remember some stress during your wedding time? Woo! There's some stress sometimes that can take place there. But other times it's not so clear why we're getting stressed. It's important to figure out what causes stress for you because everybody feels and responds to stress differently. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're different. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're different. We, we respond to stress differently. One of the things that I was doing some research and I looked at WebMD and they said, you can keep a stress journal. In other words, you might be able to, to get a notebook and you write down some things when, you, when it happened to you, how it makes you feel. It makes you feel stressed. You write how you reacted to it. I thought it was a pretty good deal. Actually, there's some foundational things that I liked in it. Write down how you reacted to it. Because what happens, it's how we react to it that determines whether the stress level goes up or not. Let me say that again. It's how you react to it that determines whether your stress level increases or not. Do you understand that? Say, I understand. See, we got to be able to find out what's causing stress and understand how you feel. And then you can begin to take steps to reduce or handle it better. We are going to have conflict. So we want you to understand how to do conflict resolution. So how you handle the conflict matters. 
and we can do all things. I'm telling you, there, there, there are things in my life that 20 years ago I wouldn't handle the way I handle them now. I've, I feel like I've matured some. I'm not all that. I'm not telling you that today. I'm just saying that I feel like there's certain areas in my life that I have submitted to God and now I can resist the devil and he will flee. Because if you can't submit, you can't resist him. And if you can't resist him, he'll have his way with you. And if he has his way with you, you'll never be able to have what God wants for your life. So you've got to resist him. And in order to resist him, you've got to be submitted to God. Can I get an amen? That's good stuff. That is good stuff. You've got to stay submitted to God in every area of your life. Not just one area. Well, I got this, this going to church down. I come every Sunday. I'm submitted to God. I'm wanting to hear the word. But then on Monday, you don't take anything that you learn from Sunday and apply it. You don't submit everything else to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And see, that's what we're after. We're after you bringing everything under the subjection of the Lordship. Say Lordship. That is the rule, that is the reign of Christ and his ability and your ability to operate through what Christ wants you and how he wants you to operate. I know that's a long sentence. But that bringing those things under the lordship of Jesus Christ, you will see things change. I guarantee you, things will change if you stay submitted to God. I guarantee you, when you stay submitted to God, you will be able to resist the devil. And guess what? He's got to go. Dark and light don't mix, brothers. Sisters, it just doesn't mix. Just doesn't mix. Kind of like oil and water just doesn't seem to mix. So let's look at this. Number one, we said, what do we do about stress? Number two, how can we avoid stress? Let's take a look at that. Stress is a fact of life for most people. I've, I, I've not met too many people that just never dealt with any stress at all. You may not be able to get rid of stress But I believe that we can look at ways where we can begin to lower stress. You want to look at some ways? Let's take a look at these. These are some ideas that I'm going to give you. Number one, learn better ways to manage your time. Learn better ways to manage your time. How can I avoid stress? Learn better ways to manage your time. You can get more done when you have a little less stress if you make a schedule. This will help some people. Make a schedule? You mean I got to schedule everything out? Every, I'm, not, I'm telling you to schedule everything out. I, I deal with stress and I apologize for my tardiness sometimes to appointments because I stretch them too close together and I don't give myself any, any, any little area to where I can move. Any little... Uh, space or or whatever you might want to call it so i'll go from one appointment from nine to ten and ten to eleven and eleven to twelve and one to two and two to three and three to four and i'm i'm, I'm getting there at 115 and i should have been there at one. come on somebody i gotta adjust my schedule brother <laughs> i gotta adjust it a little bit so and that and that will relieve stress. So learning better ways to manage your time. I that word that goes in there that you're filling it in those of you that are that are taking notes, put down manage, manage your time. Think about the things which are more important to you and then prioritize them. 
You know, a lot of times I can spend so much time on something. I got a project. Shelly's got a to-do thing, and I, I got to get it done. And I look at it, and I look at it, and I look at it. Come on, guys. And I say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow I didn't get in my schedule, and I push it off to the next day. And you know what? The truth of this is, is that when I do it, it only took 15 minutes to do it. But in my mind, it went from 15 to a half an hour, to an hour, to two hours, to three hours, to all afternoon. Honey, are you going to be able to get this done? Oh, well, not today. Well, why not? It's Saturday afternoon, and we've got from 1 till 4 o'clock. I don't have enough time because it's going to take five hours. Maybe that's just me. But then when I finally get, okay, I'm going to get this off my shoulders. I'm going to get this off my list. I'm going to shift this thing. I'll go in and get it done, and it's amazing how, much it does, how long it doesn't take. My mind is built up that it's even because it's gotten so heavy on me that I'm thinking, oh, man, am I ever going to get this thing done? I'll just put it off another day, put it off another day, put it off another day, put it off another day. That is called procrastination. I'm preaching to myself in here. So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's not talking about you. But if he is, you'll know it. Come on. If he is, you'll know it. So we need to learn better ways to manage our time. The second thing is to find better ways to cope. Find better ways to cope. How have you been dealing with stress? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And if you're having trouble dealing with stress, then maybe we need to change how we're dealing with it. You've got to be honest. Be honest with yourself. Find out what works and what doesn't work. Oh, I got stressed and I came home the other day and, and I, just, I just let my wife know how the cow ate the cabbage. I got news for you. That's not relieving your stress. Well, my husband didn't take out the trash and I went in and I told him exactly when he was going to take it out and how he was going to take it out and he's going to take it out now. I got news for you, that is not going to eliminate your stress. We've got to find some different ways. You've got to be honest with yourself. If that didn't work, why are you doing it again? I know it doesn't take me too many times to hit myself in the head with a hammer that I either move the hammer or I move my head. Can I get an Amen. I have done that before. Bam! Well, that didn't work. I'm not going to go that way again. But yet, time and time again, if I could see you guys spiritually, you guys are all bloody and beaten, and you're going, I'm trying, I can't get through it. Well, try going a different path. <laughs> try to cope differently. You've got to be honest with what works. Think about what might work better. Take some time and separate yourself from the situation and think about what might work better. The third thing, another thing that I want to give you, not only a better way to cope, but I want, to, I want to give you is to take good care of yourself. Take good care of yourself. Get some rest. Get plenty of rest. Eat well. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Watch what you eat and the amount of what you eat. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6, or 19 through 20, it says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the, those that were baptized this morning, I said, where does the Spirit of God dwell? Within them. 
They were like, right here, right in my heart, right here. I said, you're absolutely right. The, the spirit of the living God dwells within you. You've got to get some rest. There are times where you've got to get some rest. Sometimes we go from appointment to appointment to appointment to thing to thing to thing to ball game to ball game to ball game to, to this to that the other to, to, you know, here, here and go and go. And, 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 and we don't ever get a chance to rest. That's what the sabbatical is for. That's what the, the, the Sunday, you know, in us, the Sabbath is for. The Sabbath wasn't made for God. God made it for men so men could have some rest. And I've had people say, well, pastor, when do you get a Sabbath? <laughs> That's been a good question. But I try to get it sometimes on Friday. I may try to get it on Saturday, but I try to get it. I try to get some time and we're working on that. So take good care of yourself. Get some plenty of rest. Another idea that I want to give you is to try out new ways of thinking. Try out new ways of thinking. I mean, you can find yourself starting to worry about something. Stop! Oh, what am I going to do? Stop! I don't know if it's going to rain today or not. Stop worrying about whether it's going to rain or not. I got an email not too long ago and they said out of the 100% of things, 90% of the things you cannot control. But we worry about 90% and we leave the 10% for things we can't control. It's just the other way around. You only control about 10% of your life. Do you realize that? You cannot control who's going to pull out in front of you when you're driving down the street. Take care of the things that you can take care of and the rest... You just have a good attitude towards it. I remember one time I learned a lot about giving grace. You know, I'm from, I was born in New York and lived in North Carolina and moved from North Carolina to Oklahoma, and I pull out in front of somebody here in Oklahoma, and I'm going, hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the other guy's thinking I'm, you know, saying some other things. He said, I got something for you. And I'm like, no, no, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. But he, he, couldn't, he couldn't really hear what I was saying. He let me know my IQ and everything else. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? But I, I release grace. And I'm, I'm quick to try to release grace, especially if I'm driving along and somebody pulls out in front of me and they've got a plate from out of town. Hello? They may not know where they're going. Do you know how many times in Oklahoma City I didn't know where I was going? Cut in front of somebody, cut somebody off, ran people off the road. I'm telling you, I've done it, and they've released grace to me. I hope they have. So I release grace to those that are in front of me that are doing things in that nature. So I've got to have a new way of thinking. I, I just can't start worrying about it. We've got to stop the thoughts. Say, stop the thoughts. Write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Listen to this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We've got to take those thoughts that come in that are not of God... I mean, you can discern a thought that's not of God. You are one lazy jerk. That is not a thought from God. Can I get an amen? I mean, everybody ought to have been uh, uh, hallelujah on that one. 
God is not going to tell you you are one lazy jerk. That is not a thought from God. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. So we need to take those thoughts captive, see? And when that thought comes in, you just say, look, you don't belong here. You got to go. You're out of there. And you've got to change your thoughts. So we've got to try new ways of thinking. You've got to work on letting things go. Because if you don't, that stress or that pressure will come down upon you and it'll weigh you heavily. Is this making any sense to anybody this morning? Let's give the Lord some praise for some of this. I'm telling you, you are gonna, you're going to change. There's some things that, that are going to be released in your life. Another way of thinking is that you may need to say no. There's many of us that have a hard time saying no. That no matter what, somebody will come and can we do this or will you do that or will you help me there or will you there? can I do this, will you help me this, will you do that? And there are times where you're looking at your schedule and there's no room in your schedule and you don't say no. <laughs> you say you're just trying to try to squeeze it in or maybe I can work it between this one and that one and get it in there. You just nerd, learn to say no. Turn to your neighbor and say, say no. Another idea that I want to give you is to speak up. Not being able to talk about your needs and concerns creates stress. You can't talk about it. You, husbands and wives, you need to be able to let the other person vent. We talk about it. Some of those of you that have spent some time with me through marriage, uh, uh, pastoral care and counseling, we talk about dumping the dump truck. Just let, just, let, just let your spouse dump their dump truck. Then you dump your dump truck on God. God's got a bigger dump truck than you got. So you got to understand that, that we've got to be able to to hear about those negative concerns. My wife and I will tell you that we communicate and there's times where it's like she starts telling me something and I'm telling you, brothers, I feel so stressed and I feel the weight begin to come upon my shoulders and I'm thinking she's looking for a solution and I could probably give her some solutions and she'll say, no, no, honey, I'm just talking to you now. I'm just talking to you now. It can be issues with our family or something like that. Kids, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden you start caring and you start caring and you think, oh my goodness. And she'll say, no, no, I'm just talking to you. And I go, whew, okay. I can listen now. <laughs> tell me what you want to tell me. And we, ha- we have this thing between us that we can talk to people. Because me as a guy, I want to bring solutions to it. Well, you know, I got a little stressed the other day when, when I pulled up in the grocery store and, and a cart hit my car. I can solve that problem. You park two blocks away and walk. <laughs> she doesn't want the problem solved. She just wants me to hear it. Are you with me? So we got to be able to speak up, talk to somebody about it, about your thoughts. And, 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 and those of you that are listening, do it in a tactful way. And those of you that are, that are giving your thoughts and your concerns, do it in a tactful way. That's the thing, because sometimes you start talking to somebody about it, and all of a sudden you see they get burdened by it. That, that's not what God wants. So begin to speak up. Say, speak up. Speak another thing, another idea is I'm be, ask for help. Ask for help. We read James 4 too. He says, you have not because you ask not. A- ask for help. I mean, there, there, are, there are people that have a strong network of family and, and friends. Our life groups are for these things to be able to ask for help. Those that you're developing relationships. Even in the small groups that we're developing. We want you to be able to have some talk. And develop relationships with others and ask for help. Because when you have that, you can manage stress better. When you've got somebody you can go to and talk to, you can manage stress better. Sometimes stress is just too hard to handle 
alone. Sometimes you just feel isolated and by yourself. Write Proverbs 18, 1 down. It's where the enemy tries to isolate you and get you by yourself. And the Bible says if he can do that, that you will not seek wise counsel. The Bible also says that there's safety in multitude of counsel. So we want you to be able to get rid of the stress. Talk to your family or family members or friends or if you need a counselor we've got one sitting right here she'd love to visit with you that a certified professional counselor that can that can talk to you you just let me know and we'll we'll hook you up with linda you'll feel better if you can find ways to get stress out of your system the best ways to relieve stress are different for each person so don't think it's a cookie cookie cutter one size fits all sort of thing because people deal with stress differently all right can i get an amen okay try some of these ideas as as see which one works for you let's get into number three number three are practical ideas are you ready practical ideas to eliminate and avoid stress Y'all ready for some practical ideas to eliminate and avoid stress? Are y'all ready for some practical ideas to eliminate and avoid stress? I'm not going to try to hook you, get you on the hook today and try to get you to commit to every single one of them. But I want you to allow the Spirit of God to say, why don't you work in that area? Why don't you begin to start dealing with that area? The first one is exercise. Say exercise. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I work eight hours a day and I exercise when I work. That is not going to work. When we exercise, we do certain things. Man, I went and played basketball a couple of days ago and and my body was hurting. And then we unloaded a container with some food the other day and had some help. Praise God, I did. And I I got done. I was like, my whole whole body hurt. I'm, I'm I'm not whining. I'm just telling you it was a fact. I'm not a much of a whiner. I just fight through it. I got up and I'm thinking, my whole body hurt, man. I'm, why, am I, why am I hurting so bad? And my arms hurt. And I'm thinking, why are my arms hurting like that? Well, because I lifted it, lifted it, lifted it, lifted it, lifted it, lifted And they hurt. Well, it wasn't from playing basketball. I was trying to associate it with basketball, but it was, it was because I had lifted it, lifted it, lifted it. My arms hurt. I still got some tenderness in my arms, but I guess I hadn't used them much. So I've got to start exercising. I'm just going to talk about me. I've, I've got to start exercising. I mean, regular exercise is one of the best ways for me to be able to manage stress. My wife and I are, are, are starting to begin to walk. Go, go for a walk in the evening or go for a walk in the morning. Or we may even have to do two-a-days depending upon what kind of stress we got. Are you with me? We, 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 but we're able to walk and we're able to get some exercise and release stress. Another thing, number two, is write. Write. Some of you may not be good writers, but write down something. Write some things. Begin to, you know, as the Spirit of God begins to lead you, Pastor Virginia, will, she'll journal, but begin to write some things. I mean, if you can write about some things that are bothering you, it will help you. There's times where I've written down some issues that I was stressed about, then turned around and shredded them. I, it just, it made a difference. So it's just a practical way to write. Number three is to let your feelings out. Let your feelings out. In other words, talk. <laughs> Laugh. Laugh. I, I, got, I found some little things where I was like, I want, when's the last time you had one of those belly laughs? Do you know what I'm talking about? When's the last time that you had a belly laugh? 
that I mean that it was just you laughed and you laughed and you laughed and you laughed. Well, the other day, Josiah, my little grandson, he would do something, he'd dance or something, he'd do something, and he'd go, ha! And I'd go, ah, ha! And all of a sudden, he started doing, ah, and ah, and I saw him doing that, and I'd throw my head back, and he'd throw his head back, and he'd laugh, and we're in the living room laughing and laughing. You know, I have no idea what Shelly was thinking. What are they doing out there in the living room? We're laughing. We weren't laughing, and it wasn't anything particular. We didn't do anything stupid. We didn't, you know, stand on our head in the corner. You know, we just, we just laughed. So we, we, it just it released some things within me. Cry. When's the last time you had a good old cry? Guys, if somebody's told you you're a man, don't ever cry. That is a lie. We got any women that would love a man that's sensitive enough to love God enough to cry? Any women in here that would like that? Yeah. When's the last time you just really begin to cry? How do you express your anger? I mean, you can express your anger. I've had people express their anger with me or with other issues in front of me, but they trust me. Are you with me? So you don't want to express your anger in the middle of McDonald's when you're ordering something. Come on, somebody. But you got some anger issues going on. You need to be able to express those anger, that anger that's there. The Bible doesn't tell us not, ne- never to get angry. In fact, let me, let me give you some scripture. The scripture says to be angry and sin not. In other words, you might be able to be angry about a situation, righteousness, holiness, you know, and be angry about that situation, but then just don't go sin in the middle of it. Look for humor in life. Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, Laughter is makes the heart good like a merry medicine. Or makes the heart merry like like a good medicine. So I mean laughter's good. I I I, I like to laugh. I uh, I was watching this show, I'd never seen it. I turned it on for a little bit. It was called Wipeout. Anybody seen that? It's like I looked at that thing and I'm thinking, I want to go do that. But I was laughing at them people. Them people were hitting stuff and bouncing off these great big rubber balls and ending up in a, in a, you may not like that. It may not, you know, you may not laugh at it. You might think that's stupid, but it laughed. I started laughing about it. I was like, <laughs> first of all, I can't believe they were continually doing it. <laughs> it's like, hey. <laughs> don't you know that that's what's going to happen and they just keep doing it over and over again so you know laughter is good turn to your neighbor and say laughter is good another practical idea to eliminate and avoid stress is do something you enjoy do something you enjoy man a hobby can relax you a hobby can relax you you can volunteer at work or uh, volunteer for some work or you can do something for somebody else and it will just relieve great stress. It'll just relieve great stress. Another way is to learn to relax your body. Say relax. I mean, sometimes we're so tensed up. I mean, uh, I guess the terminology I'd say would be jacked up. I get so jacked up. I get so fired up. You know, I drink five of them energy drinks. And you know, you went, here you go. We got we to gotta pour this concrete. There's no problem. I'll do it by myself. You go home, you go home, you go home. You know, we just get all so jacked up. We're just, you know, we, we don't relax. We, I have trouble with this. I have trouble sitting down and relaxing my body. Because when my body flinches, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> when I relax too much, watch out, I could go to sleep. Not while I'm driving, all right, y'all? I don't, I don't do that, all right? While I'm driving, but uh, relax your body. I mean, 
This could include some breathing exercises, you know, muscle relaxing, you know, exercises, uh, I'm a massage. Maybe you might need a massage, just to name a few. How about listening to some relaxing music? How about listening to some relaxing music? Look, I can't listen to Christian rock when I'm trying to relax. You might be able to, that's great for you, but I'm telling you, I'm at a point in my life where I just can't do that right now. It gets me pumped up, man. <laughs> I want to get fired up when I, when I listen to Christian rock like that. So, you know, just begin to relax your body and ways to do it. How many of you have had music that can just calm yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I think about, you know, Saul and his demon-possessed self, and David would come in and play the harp and soothe that stuff, wouldn't he? He would just soothe him. The number one, another thing, number six, is focus on the Word of God. Begin to focus on the Word of God. Begin to focus on it. In other words, try meditation. I got just a couple scriptures and I'm, and I'm done here today. Um, Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Anybody want some success? Say, I want some success. Well, according to the Word of God, it says if you'll, if you'll meditate on it day and night. Now, what is day and night? So what is day I meditate on the Word, and then night I meditate on the Word? Literally all the time. If you will spend your time thinking more about the Word of God and how God can shift and change your life, if you will spend that time thinking about God, meditating on God, how big He is, how wonderful He is, well, He's a God with wisdom, He's a God with revelation, and He'll release those things to you and to your life, then you can begin to have success. We want to be prosperous and have success, but we don't want to think about the Word of God. We need to think about the Word of God. There are functionary things that you do. In other words, you can, guys, you can be at the, at the sink washing dishes. <laughs> Some of the guys are like, who's he talking about? He ain't talking about me. <laughs> you, can, you can be driving down the street. Here, let's just use this one. This will work better for you guys. You can be driving down the street, and a light can turn red, and you don't have to think. Uh, red light, um, apply brake. Uh, slow down, um, approaching car in front of me. You know, you can just do it. Are you with me? So we can be driving along and you can begin to meditate on the things of God. You can begin to think about God's goodness. You can begin to think about the Word of God. So he says to meditate on it day and night. And in conjunction, there's another scripture. Psalms chapter 1. Look at Psalms verses 1 and 2. Chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his, in his law he meditates day and night. Look at verse 3. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Sounds like Joshua 1.8. He says, if you meditate on this thing, you're going to be prosperous and have success. David in Psalms is writing it, 
He meditates on his law day and night, the word, the principles, the precepts of God, day and night, day and night, thinking about it. God, I know there's a situation. I know that I'm going to be able to get out of this situation. I know that you're going to give me wisdom to get through this situation. And he says, then you'll be like a tree planted by rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Amen. There are seasons that God wants to bring forth fruit in your life. And you may be meditating on, wait a minute, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've given, I've sowed. I want I want my harvest now, now. I got to have it now. It's, I'm now. It, not, and it may not be now. Your season may be coming up. Your season may be a week from now. It may be three weeks from now. But a lot of times that stress and that pressure will come upon you and you'll make a bad decision, you'll make a wrong decision, and you'll do it because of stress. Can I get an amen? Amen. We need to understand that trials and tribulations are part of the deal, but it's our attitude through it. God wants you to win. Say that. God wants me to win. Again, God wants me to win. One more time. God wants me to win. He wants you to win. He wants you to win in every area of your life. He's created you for victory. Say, I am created for victory. You're created for victory. God wants you to win. He's created you to be victorious. Trials, pressure, stress, They are external. What's going on on the internal? What's going on on the inside of you? Because that is what the real thing we want to deal with. What's going on on the inside of you? Because there can be pressure from the outside. But in the inside, I can stay at peace. At the inside, I can say, my God shall shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I can say there is stress. There is pressure. It's coming on. The economic system is bad, brother. I mean, things are bad. Life is bad. It's just bad. It's just bad. Oh, it's bad. I'm like, turn the TV off. It might be bad. It might be difficult. But God has created you to win. You operate in the kingdom of God. And you rise up and you say, it might be bad. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, kids. Let's go, mama. Let's go, grandma. We're going to go to church. We're going to hear the word. We're going to change our life. We're going to release this stress. We're going to bring it to the altar. Cry. We're going to weep. We're going to moan. We're going to wail. We're going to do what we got to do and there was a time in Joshua's life when Moses died and Joshua was weeping that God said get up God said you better get up you better get up you better get up now don't you see the promised land is right there so get on up it's right there I said get on up it's right there I said get on up it's right there it's right there it's right there you better get on up because it is right there you better get on up it is right there it is not a bad time it's going to be a good time in the Lord it's going to be a time of victory it's going to be a time of pressure but you're going to win say I'm a winner Say, I'm a winner. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a winner. Turn to five people and say, I'm a winner. Come on, tell them you're a winner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The more you read, the more you read, the more you meditate on the Word of God, the more you take those precepts and principles and put them inside you when the pressure comes. Oh, you hear me? When the pressure comes on the outside, you're going to say, 
I might be hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. I might be persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I might be struck down, but I am not destroyed. You better watch out, devil, because I'm going to get back up this morning. I'm going to start again today. I'm going to renew things today, and I'm going to walk in victory. Somebody needs to holler victory. You're going to holler victory. Come on, somebody needs to holler victory. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. See, when you allow your spirit to rule, you can operate in victory. If you allow your emotions or your flesh or your mind to rule you, you won't operate in the victory that God has for you. God says, I want you to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that creeps across the ground and anything that's taking place. You have victory. You are designed to succeed. You are designed to succeed. Lift your hands to the Lord this morning. Say, Father God, today I cast my cares upon you. I say, cares, go in Jesus' name. I say, cares, go, go, go in Jesus' name. I receive peace. I receive wisdom. I receive revelation. To be an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I will operate in the kingdom of God. I'll learn how to handle stress. Then eliminate stress. Pressure's going to be there. But I'm not going to fold. I'm not going to back up. I'm going to move forward. Today, in Jesus' name.